Good morning. I hope everybody's doing well today on this wonderful and beautiful Tuesday morning. Uh, the music you were hearing, of course, was Stephen Curtis Chapman. You know I got to play his songs every morning. It always makes me happy. And that's from his album. He's got a bluegrass album out. And of course, I love bluegrass and I like Stephen Curtis Chapman, so it works out really good. Uh, the first one uh, that I was playing is Where the Bluegrass Grows. The second song uh, was How, Gra- How Great Thou Art. So if you get a chance, go to YouTube and check that out. Uh, you type in Stephen Curtis Chapman, Bluegrass. If you like bluegrass, some people are not into that, but uh, I enjoy it. Of course, that's kind of stuff I, I grew up on. My grandfather, uh, Leo's, that's Went on home to be with the Lord. He uh, was always liked bluegrass. And I remember as a kid, we'd uh, go different places. I was always fascinated by the, uh, uh, um, what do you call it, the, the bass. You know, they had a big, huge bass. They sit there and they'd hold that and pick it. I don't know why. I was always fascinated by that when I was a kid. But, uh, but anyway, I uh, hope you enjoyed the music. Uh, good morning, Jennifer Honeycutt. And, uh, I hope you enjoyed the music. Trying to give you something to listen to, because uh, I always start the, the stream five minutes before time to start. And I give you a little something to, to listen to, uh, uh, before we get started in the morning. So, but anyway, I hope everybody's anxious to get the day running and a popping and a hopping and, uh, and use this day to serve the Lord well. And so let's get over here and let us do our Pledge of Allegiance. Whoa, went too far here. Here we go. All right, let's go ahead and stand and let's do our uh, our pledge here. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Praise the Lord. We get to live in... Such a wonderful, wonderful country. I tell you what, we are very fortunate and blessed uh, to be born here in this great United States. And uh, even though we have a lunatic in office who wishes to destroy that, <laughs> we thank God for what we have, at least right now anyway. So uh, try not to get into politics, but it is uh, hard to, uh, hard not to sometimes. It really is. So I try, try my best to leave that at the door and focus on our uh, devotions each morning so uh, but uh, but anyway sometimes it just can't be helped but let's go ahead and look at our verse this morning we're going to look at Matthew 9 37 and 38 it says the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few therefore beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out in send out workers into his harvest all right and bless us reading the hearing of it to our hearts. You know, it is, um, uh, we look at this passage here, you know, you can only imagine, uh, Jesus having a meeting, you know, he's saying, hey, you know, he's one of us rallying the troops. You know, he's got his 12 disciples there. He's telling them that, uh, he's given them the ability to, uh, uh, cast out demons, uh, to heal. Uh, to, uh, uh, go out and preach, uh, the gospel. Uh, you know, he, he's given these instructions, uh, what he wants them to do and that they have a, a job to take care of. And I'm sure that, uh, they were very excited, very ecstatic to know that, uh, Jesus had, uh, not only given them this power, but, uh, the fact that he's given them, he trusts them enough to carry out what he needs, his precious work that needs to be done. So I'm sure it was a very uh, exciting time uh, for the disciples. But, uh, you know, but if we look at it in its context here, you know, you can look at this as a, uh, uh, you know, God realized that, 
he had a passion for the lost. Jesus had a passion for the lost. And, uh, and he wanted to use us as Christians to bring about his perfect work and will. And, uh, you know, you kind of look at it as a, as a farmer whose field is white, ready uh, for the gathering. But uh, the workers are few. There's not enough people out there to take care of what needs to be done. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of people, they're not people, they're not people, people, <laughs> people, persons. I'll get out here in a second. One eyed, how that song go? One eyed, one horde, uh, purple people eater. So, but uh, anyway, uh, good morning, Karen. But it's just that we have, um, we lack compassion, and I think we we become uh, one track minded, if you will. We're only focused, zeroed in on uh, on our relationship with the Lord and our walk with the Lord, which isn't a bad thing in and of itself. We need to have that focus, but at the same time, we need to make sure that we are uh, focusing on those unchurched, those who are unsaved, that we have that job responsibility. Uh, to bring in the harvest. And, uh, you know, there was, um, uh, in my uh, reading, talked about an individual uh, that got a call from, uh, he was a newspaper editor, reporter, and got a phone call from a man in a booth, a phone booth, who's going to um, commit suicide. And, of course, he called the cops and was trying to get help uh, for this individual. But, unfortunately, by the time they got there, he was slumped over and uh, died. And in his pocket was a, uh, a little child's drawing uh, and, and a note that said, please bury this with me. And uh, what had happened is uh, this little two-year-old daughter he had was killed in a fire. And, uh, and at her funeral, she, he had no family. His wife had died. And he's actually begging people, strangers off the street, please, will you come? Just so there'd be somebody there to remember his little girl. And because of the depression, because of what he went through, he just uh, couldn't take it anymore. And, you know, when you hear stories like that, you think, boy, if I could have been there, if I could have had the opportunity to uh, present Jesus to them, maybe this could have been prevented. You know, I think a lot of times, too, when uh, I see people like Chris Farley who overdosed, and the reason why I bring him up specifically, uh, he, uh, they said, Weeks prior, before him uh, overdose and dying on drugs, said that he was attending uh, different churches and Catholic churches, almost as if he was searching for something. You know, and it makes me feel like, man, if I could just have the opportunity to, to have met this man and explain to him what Jesus Christ has to offer, you know, that he could still be walking around right now. But, you know, the point is, we hear these stories and we think, if I could have been there, I could have made a difference. But, see, we don't take that same compassion to the unchurched, to the unsaved. There's so many people out there uh, that are hurting that we don't know. You know, we by appearances we don't know what, how they're hurting, and we don't know if they are lost. So just as Jesus had this compassion for the lost, we need to have that same compassion and interest in the unchurched, in the unsaved. Uh, not only because of the fact that they may be hurting. Spiritually, mentally, and emotionally, but the fact that they're going to be, they're headed for hell. We should have enough compassion, uh, for our fellow man to say, you know what, uh, I need to, I need to get to this individual. I need to go to get to every individual that I can find, uh, to, uh, explain to them the love of Jesus Christ, what God can do for them, how he has fundamentally changed and transformed my own life, uh, and, uh, and, and try to win souls for Christ, uh, because, uh, 
we don't want anybody to die and go to hell, you know. And uh, I think some people, um, uh, they don't really think about, I think it's easy to, how can I put this, you, I, I don't think we often focus on uh, the unchurched and the lost as much as we should. I think that we're, we're primarily focused on, well, I need to go to church. Uh, sorry, I got a, my mustache aggravated me this morning. Um, focused on going to church, uh, focused on uh, family, focused on work, focused on finances, and uh, and you know, I'm not trying to be mean, but it's just like you know, well, I just I hope this person gets saved, or I, I pray people get saved, but. We have to be proactive. We have to get out there and evangelize. And I think it's a lot of people, you know, and that's kind of what led me a little bit Sunday morning. I was wanting to get Dad's book out there that he wrote on evangelism because I think people need to understand that we, we you know, the harvest is there, but the workers are few, just like we were talking about in the scripture this morning. And because not many people are willing uh, to go out and do what needs to be done. A lot of people are shy, introverts. You know, I hit on this a little bit on Sunday morning. But... If you really think about it, and again, this is not to be mean, okay? I'm not trying to uh, trying to be mean in any stretch of my I'm not trying to hurt anybody. I know there's a lot of people out there. It's hard. I mean, it almost physically hurts them because they're so shy or they're introverts that they just, you know, it, it it's hard for them. I understand that, okay? But you also need to understand that you're thinking so highly of yourself that you're allowing that to interfere with your duty as a christian to evangelize and so what you know it's one thing you never read about in the bible is low self-esteem in fact they're just the opposite we think too highly of ourselves. it is our pride our worry about what other people think that hinders us and so if you are battling that shyness that uh, that being an introvert uh, and having a difficult time talking to other people, you need to give that over to the Lord because we are to die of self. We are to be selfless. And who cares what other people think about you? You know, just this morning in my uh, my personal devotions, reading about Moses, and uh, I always find it fi- fascinating that, you know, here God appeared in this bush that would not, uh, is on fire but didn't burn up. And he's, he's trying to tell Moses, God's telling Moses what he needs to do. And he's like, well, I speak with a speech impediment. I can't do it. You know, he's, well, God's like, all right, I'll send Aaron to go with you. He can talk for you. You know, it, Moses tried to keep coming up with all his excuses as to why uh, he wasn't good enough or why he couldn't do the job that God has given him. And uh, God's going to give you what you need when you need it. And we are all called to evangelize and talk to them. Now, you may say, well, I'm no minister. No, God hasn't called me to be in the ministry. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be a minister to tell someone about Jesus Christ. You don't have to be in the ministry uh, to serve the Lord. You know, you, you have that personal relationship with God, and we have a duty and a job as Christians to go to the highways and the byways to tell others about the Lord. You know, and I told you before, it's not, you know, I, I will always love to tell someone about Jesus Christ. I would love to see souls saved. But it has always been a, a sort of a pet peeve, if you will, uh, when I get a call and uh, someone that claims to be saved goes to the church and and says, well, I need you to come over here and talk to this uh, family member or friend. Uh, I don't think they're saved. I need you to talk to them. You know, it's not that I don't care to do it, you know, and uh, it's not that it's just a matter of a job that that's what I'm supposed to do. It's, you know, I, I don't care to talk to anyone about Jesus. But if you are claiming to be a Christian, 
there is zero reasons as to why you cannot talk to that friend or family member about Jesus Christ. There's no reason why you cannot lead that person to the Lord. And again, this is not to be mean, hateful, nasty, smart aleck. I'm not trying to be like it. You know, I'm not uh, trying to skirt my duties as pastor. I'm not, you know, by no stretch of imagination. I'm just saying, you know, if y'all got a call, one of you watching this morning say, hey, I need to, you to talk to somebody. That's fine. I don't think any less of you, and I'll go do what I needs to, what needs to be done and talk to these individuals and see if they know Jesus. But as a self-proclaimed Christian, there's no reason why you cannot have led that individual to the Lord yourself. And I know people say, well, I don't know what to say, and I don't know what to do. And you know what? Uh, you can go, uh, you don't have to memorize it. But go uh, get, there's a little, uh, call for those who don't know what they are, not trying to talk down to anybody, not trying to mansplain nothing, <laughs> trying to talk to you like you're stupid. But there's some people out there, they don't know, I've had people ask, what's a track, you know? And uh, what they consider tracks is like a little pamphlet that's only so big, and it goes through, uh, one in particular is called the Four Spiritual Laws, and explains uh, how to get saved. And so you can go, uh, you can run on Amazon, these, tr- these Christian tracks, and you can hand those out uh, and, uh, and help people to understand what salvation is about. But that's fine and good. But most people who come to know Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, they want to hear your personal experience. They want to hear your relationship about Jesus Christ. They want to hear what changed you, what drew you to Christ. When you make it personal like that, it means that much more. And that makes them want to think, wow, you know, uh, what, what made them come to know Christ? Why is it that drew, drew them? And when they hear your story, you know, and not everybody has a Damascus Road experience, all right? And when I talk about Damascus Road experience, you know, what I'm talking about where Paul, uh, you know, a lot shone down from heaven and uh, he was blinded and uh, and he had to go to Ananias to, to you know, regain his sight. You know, it was a dramatic uh, drawing from God. Not everybody, some people do have the, you know, there's some people out there, I've heard, you know, how they come to know Jesus, how God revealed himself. I'm like, holy shnikes, you know, that's, that's, that's incredible, you know. But not everybody's got that kind of story. And you say, well, I've, I got saved when I was young and I've never done anything crazy. That's even better. That's even better. Uh, the fact that you stayed close to the Lord and that you truly uh, tried to live a life glorifying unto God and you didn't, wasn't pulled into the world. That is a, just as good or greater a testimony than someone who had a Damascus Road experience. So share your testimony. Share what Christ has got, done for you. And, um, uh, and again, that, that is God's purpose and work for us each and every day. And, um, and of course, I know I'll read a little bit each morning and, uh, but, uh, I didn't get the author's name on this. I apologize. Uh, Jesus' viewpoint is that, of, uh, that of a farmer who has great, has a great crop ready for harvest, but he doesn't have enough reapers. And in, 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 it's an interesting picture, isn't it? On the one hand, the Lord will accomplish all of his purpose, which includes the salvation of his elect. And yet at the same time, he has chosen to save lost people through those whom he has already saved. He could have used angels who probably would have been more competent than we are, but he chose to use us. And so the plentiful harvest means there is a need for more workers. All right. We have to be workers for the Lord. And uh, I think we, each and every one of us, you know, every day we need to pray, Lord, who can you put in my path? Who can you, can I talk to about you? And realize people are going to scoff. 
They're going to mock you. They're going to make fun of you. Uh, and, uh, you know, even people you work with you think are your buddies. And when you start witnessing to them, they're going to be like, you know, they may drop you like a bad habit. And you're thinking, man, that's, that's pretty sorry. They don't even want to, you know, hang out with me anymore. That's fine. Have lunch with Jesus. That's even better. But, um, you know, it is, uh, I'm not saying go to work or school and start beating people with the family Bible. You can't force people to be saved. All you can do is plant the seed. Plant that seed. Ask them, you know, do you go to church anywhere? To me, that is the, the, you know, when I talked about Sunday morning, talk about sales and I try to find a common ground. And uh, that's why I'm really good at sales. Uh, and uh, I hate it. I hate sales with a passion, but I'm really good at it. I mean, it's just, I'm not trying to be arrogant, but it's just, uh, just the truth. I mean, I could sell snow to a, an Eskimo, uh, but, uh, uh, you find that common ground. You find a, a way to segue into what you're trying to, the product you're trying to sell. And uh, when you get to know them, you're friendly with them and, uh, you start easing these things in, you know, and they may, maybe first say, no, 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 I'm not interested. Well, that's fine. You know, just keep talking to them and then, you know, try to ease it back in again. And, uh, once they've had time to digest and think about it a little bit, they may, may buy. And again, they may say, no, I'm not into high pressured sales. I always hate, I hate that when you go to a car dealership or even a shoe store, you know, there's certain shoe stores you go to, they're right on your heels. I hate that. But, um, but as Christians, we need to sometimes just our actions are being read by others if they know that you're saved. But to me, the easiest segue into witnessing is, hey, do you go to church anywhere? Now, one or two things are going to happen. They're going to say, no, I, I don't go to church anywhere. So if you get somebody who's really honest and then you'll get the, uh, yeah, yeah, I go to church. <laughs> Always follow up with, where do you go to church at? That's where you can catch them in their uh, uh, deceit. <laughs> As I do that, I'll say, where do you go to church at? Oh, well, uh, uh, you know, uh, it's uh, over by, um, oh, uh, it, you know, it's by, uh, just a couple miles down the road. Uh, you, you know preacher so-and-so? <laughs> and you got them because they, they might have went there at one point in time, and then they'll finally bring it out and say, well, I haven't been in a while. You know, they'll, they'll finally fess up and uh and tell you the truth and that's when you have the opportunity to say hey well i'd like to invite you out to wherever church you go to and then follow and then end with do you know jesus christ as your personal lord and savior now if they say yes you know you can take some confidence but if they stare in there and stare at you for a minute, say, that bugs me. When I say, and don't say anything. Do not interrupt. I don't care how long it is, the silence it is. Silence is awkward. But you keep your mouth shut. All right? And that's, that goes, again, this kind of goes back to some sales techniques, too. Uh, because you, you want them to focus on what you're asking them. And you said, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? And they sit there and stare at you. Don't say a word. I don't care if you sit there all day. Don't say a word. And, uh, and then some people may hesitate. They're like, oh, well, yeah. I'll, sometimes I'll call them out and say, well, you hesitated. That, that concerns me. You sure you've prayed and accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior? And um, it is uh, imperative that we reach these lost souls for Christ. That's why the harvest is there. And few are, 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 there's few workers uh, to bring in that harvest. You know, years ago, I, um, long before I met my wife, 
uh, I was uh, interested in a young lady, <laughs> and uh, uh, she tricked me. She asked if I wanted to go to uh, South Carolina to the beach with her, and uh, Myrtle Beach. So I was like, well, yeah. She said, well, some of my friends are going. I said, well, okay. Well, I get down there. It was an Amway convention. Now, I was highly ticked, <laughs> all right, and uh, I was rooming with these guys I didn't even know, and uh, it, to me, and if you're in this, no offense intended, if I'm talking about my perspective, it was like a cult. I'll be honest with you, it was like a cult. These people were, I mean, just brainwashed. That's all they were focused on. And the more I was there, see, I was trapped because I had I rode with all these people in their van, so I, I had no way out. And the more I was there, the more angry I got. And uh, it was, I mean, to share a testimony like a Christian would, and, and how Amway changed their lives completely. And I remember on the way back, and like I said, there were some some former church members uh, that really got mad at me, because they could tell I was ticked, because. Um, uh, I can't remember if we, yeah, I think we broke down. I think that's what it was. And there was a trucker there uh, where we broke down at uh, yeah, that was uh, come out to ask if we needed help. He would stop there to rest. And the very first thing they did was, and they were claiming to be Christians, but the first thing they did was they started pushing their Amway and uh, asking questions about all this stuff in regards to how these products can help him. And I wasn't a preacher then. I had no desire to be a preacher then, but I was still a Christian. And I told them flat, well, they didn't talk to me the rest of the trip. I didn't give a rat's dairy ear if they did or not. I said, you know what? You first and foremost are Christians. And I said, the very first thing you should have done is ask him if he knew Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior, not selling you stupid Amway. I said, that's fine if you want to bring it up in conversation. But I said, your very first job as a Christian was to ask this man, this stranger, do you know Jesus? And, uh, uh, and I, in fact, I, I made it a point to witness to this guy uh, over and talked over them <laughs> with her stupid Amway because that, even then, even though I was in the world, even though I was in trying to live a Christian life, even then I knew the importance that uh, we need to get the word out. So my friends, I hope that you understand today's devotion. And I hope you understand uh, that we have a motivation. Christ has called you. You are the elect. You have been saved. God has given you a job and a responsibility. Remember, God first, family second, jobs third. Make sure that you're putting Christ first and making sure that you're taking every opportunity to spread that gospel message to everyone and anyone who will listen. Let us pray. Dear Father, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you for this day and your grace and your mercy. Lord, help us uh, each and every day to be a witness for you. Lord, let us be the workers that you have called us to be. Help us to bring in that harvest. And Lord, help us to serve you well. And Lord, for anyone watching this morning that doesn't know you, let him pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, I do pray for this nation. And I pray that you'll touch the hearts and minds before it's too late. I do pray that you will be with our president, vice president, cabinet members, and house. Lord, that uh, you will touch these leaders' hearts and minds, that they will come to know you as well. Lord, I do pray for our sister in Christ, Wendy Lee, and Kim Penix, and Ginger Hood, and uh, Troy, and Lyndon David Feathers. I do pray for Jane Kitchings, and Ron Thompson, and Larry and Dinah Knight. Uh, Lord, I pray for my mother-in-law, father-in-law, who's battling COVID. 
and uh, so many others, Lord Jesus, who are battling COVID, dealing with loss. Uh, just this morning, there was many people. In fact, I pray for Cheryl uh, Williams, uh, that uh, Lord, her uh, family member who passed away from COVID, and pray that you'll be with her and her family. Lord, be with us, lead us, God, and watch your protection till we meet again. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, I appreciate all you guys and gals that, uh, for watching this morning, and uh, thank you, uh, Sheila. She said, people know when you are genuine, that's true, and thank you, Lee and Cindy. Appreciate your comments on there. But uh, don't forget, uh, I know a lot of people are uh, uh, bailing on social media. If you're one of those or not, uh, just remember, if you want to tell your friends and family, they can watch live at uh, flbconline.com. If they want to watch these uh, devotions each morning, they can uh, tune in there and uh, watch that uh, uh, live, just like you're watching right here on Facebook. And also, don't forget to, if you haven't already, to sign up for the Donkey Young Chronicles podcast on Apple iTunes, free, but it's audio only, no video. So if you want to be sure and tune into that, uh, feel free to do so. You can listen to all these devotions, all of our sermons as you're going out and about your day. Well, I hope everybody has a great day today, a fantabulous day. And remember, live each day as if it were your last, because one day it will be. Thanks for watching. God bless.